Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. This is a remarkable truth when you begin to think of the size and scope of the earth and the amount of people who at any given moment are crying out to him all over the world. That God that I'm speaking of, he is aware of every single voice and he hears every single person. Is there anybody thankful today that you can cry out the name of Jesus and God hears you? God hears your cry. Here's your plea. You have a God and you have his undivided attention in the immensity of the world. He not only hears you, but he doesn't get distracted. He knows what's going on and you have the attention of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God sees you. to what the Lord has in store uh, for us this day. Go with me, if you would, while you're still standing. Uh, I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 2. Exodus, chapter 2. We're going to read just a few short verses here, uh, 23, 24, and 25. Um, And just to kind of lead into where we are at at this particular uh, portion, uh, this time in Scripture. Um, Up to this point in the book of Exodus, if you start reading chapter 1, all we have really seen at this point, we have seen Moses, we have seen Pharaoh and Egypt, and we have seen Pharaoh's daughter and Moses' mother. But absent from the narrative up until this point... You can kind of see him retroactively, but absent from the narrative is God. God at this particular time has not yet presented himself. He's not even introduced himself. He has not spoken. You can see him in the background sovereignly moving the places around and placing things in their their place. But here in our text this morning, God shows up. And we're going to read that here. Exodus 2, 23 in reading and it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob and God looked upon the children of Israel And God had respect unto them. God had respect unto them. The ESV reads, God saw the people of Israel and God knew. And I want to just talk to us just for the next little bit on a simple title. uh, And that's this. He knows. He knows. Would you fist bump your neighbor this morning and just let him know he knows? Fist bumps are a little bit healthier this time of year, so yeah, why don't you help uh, somebody out if they don't know what a fist bump is? (laughs) And you may be seated this morning. The Lord bless you. These are just three simple verses of scripture uh, that we read here this morning. And what I want to do 
is I want to pull some things out of it um, and just kind of put it in front of us today for all of us to consider. One thing I want us to think about, a couple things I want us to think about, and this is, this is important. It's important for us to always know, regardless of uh, how old we are or how young we are, and that's this, that the Bible, it never shies away. It never shies away from or tries to back away from this reality. And that is this, that people can experience hurt. Yes. And that people can experience pain. And we see that in our text this morning that the people of God, the Bible says that they are groaning, they are hurting, they are crying out for help. There are people that are hurt and there are people that are sad and that's what the Bible never shies away from, the possibility that you and I can experience hurt and we can experience pain, we can experience anger and we can have literally our hearts broken. We see it in scripture, this is a reality that exists throughout the entire Bible and so it should never surprise us when this happens. Why? Because people hurt because this world that you and I live in is broken. It is, it is a broken world. A lot of times people are hurt when they're angry or they're sad. Their hearts are broken. And it's because this planet that we live on is a broken planet. All right? There are people that are, that are sick. They get sick and their, uh, things happen in their life. And it's because we live in a broken world. When someone gets sick, they get sick because the world is broken. We can hurt over that. We can have pain and we can cry over that. And things happen in life that cause us pain. Things happen in life that causes us to have heartache. Things happen and it's not fair. And it's not okay, but this world is broken and it is subject to futility and it is subject to pain. And the Bible doesn't shy away from the fact here that to live on planet earth, it introduces us to the possibility for hurt, for real hurt to take place in our life. And so we shouldn't be surprised at that. When bad things happen, we shouldn't be surprised when we're going through a trial or when somebody stabbed us in the back and somebody hurt our feelings and emotionally we're just a disaster. These things shouldn't surprise us. And if you're older, you shouldn't be surprised at that because you've been a part of this world for quite some time. We could all probably stand and tell story after story of heartache after heartache and sad time after sad times. So what I want to do, and I'm glad the younger, the younger ones are our youth, even maybe younger than that, that are down here this morning. Um, I, I'm glad that everybody's in attendance this morning, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but I'm just praying that a little seed goes into everybody's heart this morning, and it begins to grow in an understanding that God is at work in the mess. He didn't say there wouldn't be a mess, but I want you to know and trust and believe in your heart that the God that we serve and worship today is at work in the mess. 
So I think one of the more remarkable realities in the Bible is presented to us, and it's so extraordinary that I think we miss it half the time. Some have certainly uh, have lost the awe factor of it. Um, so the first thing is not only do we see that the possibility is that people can hurt, that people can experience pain and, and go, through, go through trials and bad times. Not only do we see that, but we also see in our text this morning that God hears the cries of hurting people. God hears the cries of his people. I don't know about you, but this is remarkable for me to think about. That God, the creator of everything, he hears you and I when we cry and when we pray and when we call out to him. You see, we live in a really noisy uh, world, do we not? We live in a very uh, loud times. You spoke about it the other day that the in-laws' house on Christmas time can be extremely loud. And even outside of that, this world that we live in is is very very loud. There are a lot of people and a lot of people who are hurting and a lot of people who cry out to God all at what time at one time. Yet what we see here is that God hears His people. He hears His children, both individuals and corporately let me show you how you and I are limited and God is not on the count of three I want everybody in here to say their full name all right listen if you're ashamed of your middle name it's time to get over it all right just don't don't even worry about it all right this is a safe place okay On the count of three, I want us to say our full name. Everybody ready? One, two, three. Bryce Matthew Jones. (laughs) I hope you said your own name. (laughs) My son. (laughs) All right. Now, now, that was a great exercise. The reason I had us do that is because there is no one in here that can come up here right now and go, got it, got it. I know, I know your full name. I know, except for, you know, you heard Brother Loud Voice sitting in front of you and he just like so overpowering of a voice. You might have heard his full name, but none of us in here can come up here and say that we know everybody's full name because you and I don't possess the ability to hear like God hears. Right. In fact, if I had to guess, you probably didn't pick up on anyone's full name except for Brother Jones sitting right here on the front row. (laughs) But we don't possess that ability. We don't possess that power. But you know what? That doesn't bother God one bit. God didn't need to go, uh, wait a minute, one more time. Could you just, can we count to three one more time? I've got, I got this half, but I missed this half over here. That's not, no, 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 no. God doesn't hear like that. I I don't know about you, but uh, God, he hears us all at one time. And it doesn't stress him out. I don't know about you, but if I'm in the room with 25, 30 people all speaking at one time, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to have a hush moment for a second, all right? (laughs) Hush it, right? 
Because I, I, I can't concentrate. I can't hear everybody at one time. And my kids love to do that. I have two kids, and I can't hear them both at the same time. That's not how God works. And what you notice, it also has nothing to do with volume. On the count of three, I want you to whisper your mom's full name. Are you ready? I want you to whisper it. Whisper your mom's full name. Everybody ready? One, two, three. Yeah, that wasn't creepy at all. <laughs> it felt like a, like, a, like a horror movie all of a sudden. Just like, whisper. Not that your mom's name is scary or anything like that, but all right. In order for you and I to hear... You know what we need? We need volume. For us to hear, we need a singular person to say something. We can't hear what 25, 30 people whisper or say something all at one time. Most of us can hear, can't even hear three different people, yet God can hear us all. And volume doesn't matter to God. He doesn't need you to be at a specific amount of volume in order for him to say, okay, now I got it. But God hears us when we pray. God hears us when we call out his name. God hears us. You can whisper his name and he can hear. This is a remarkable truth when you begin to think of the size and scope of the earth and the amount of people who at any given moment are crying out to him all over the world. That God that I'm speaking of, he is aware of every single voice and he hears every single person. Is there anybody thankful today that you can cry out the name of Jesus and God hears you? God hears your cry. He hears your plea. He hears your prayer. In fact, the Bible says not only does God just hear hear us, but he's aware of us. Our text ends this morning with these words, and I paraphrase, but it says that God sees and he knows. It says he has respect of them. Did you know that the Bible says that God knows every hair on your head? He knows the number of another thing you think about we think about King David and this is another thing that you and I can't do King David would say it like this you remember King David who killed Goliath an unbelievable warrior right all right he also played the harp and killed a bear at once I mean who here can stand up and say that and put that on the resume that was what King David was and David writes this when he begins just to think about and consider how big God is in comparison with how small he is. This is what he says. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? Here's his question. When I think about how many stars there are, when I begin to think about how big the sky is, when I think about how massive the earth is, who am I that you are mindful of me, that you know who I am and you hear my voice, that you know what is going on in my little world? I don't know about you, but this is remarkable to me. 
This is an unbelievable truth that I believe, if we're not careful, can get lost on so many of us. All right? God hears you when you pray, when God, when you cry out to him. He hears you and he knows exactly what you are dealing with and going through. We need to do something else about with this text here this morning. The text says that he remembers. He remembers if you want to go back and look at it, it says that they cried out for help. They, their, their cry from slavery came up to God. Verse 24 says, and God heard their groaning. And God remembered. Everybody say remembered. Remembered. He remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, we need to discuss this idea of remembering because uh, God doesn't forget stuff, Right? He forgets our sin, but God doesn't, God doesn't forget. You and I forget. We forget stuff. We forget meetings. We forget our appointments. We forget our kids at Walmart. (laughs) But God doesn't forget. What does the Bible mean when it says that he remembers that 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 God remembered the promise when he heard the cries of his children it doesn't mean that he forgot rather I would submit to you that this is just the fullness of his plan that has come together if if we wanted to simplify it further it simply means that God cannot be distracted all right God cannot be distracted God cannot be his focus he can't lose focus all right there is nothing that can deter him there is nothing that can get him off track quick question for all you parents and grandparents has your kids ever been playing on the iPhone and the iPad and they're playing a little game or watching a little video and all of a sudden their ears don't work anymore All right. I don't know what, the, I don't know if that's a, that we can, is that a disease or something? Is that, can we throw a name on it or whatever? But all of a sudden, the, 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 you know, your parent, you, you walk in the room and it's like, hey, I told you that you need to put your shoes away and I told you to pick up this mess. And they're like, what? When did you ever say that? <laughs> they didn't hear a word you said. Because most of the time when they're looking at the screen, their ears do not work. All right, you parents, all right, moms and dads, how many times have you been looking at the iPad and the iPhone and you've been looking down and reading an article or catching up on social media and all of a sudden your ears don't work? All right, kids come in, it kind of looks like this. Hey, dad, hey, dad, hey, dad, hey, dad, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom. Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? How many of you found that happening? In your home, of course. You know what it is? We live in a day of distraction. We live in a day of constant noise, constant things to look at, things to consider. And when that happens, you and I get distracted and we forget about what's important. We forget about what's valuable. We forget 
My kids forget valuable things. It's like all of a sudden, I mean, they forget things that, that, that we, my kids leave things in certain places where they're just gone. And I'm not talking about cheap things. I'm talking about expensive things where we're like, hey, this would be nice. Oh, I'm sure this lost and found at the restaurant would enjoy this to hand out to some little kid in need. Things that they have dropped and set down, got distracted and just set it down, place it in a place where they forget about it. It is distracting. You and I are easily distracted. Yet the God of the Bible does not get distracted. He's not detached. He is honed in. All right, and what's he focused on? What is he honed in on? What is he not distracted or detached from? It is you, my friend. You have a God and you have his undivided attention in the immensity of the world. He not only hears you, but he doesn't get distracted. He knows what's going on and you have the attention of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God sees you. You have his undivided attention. I'm here to help you this morning and remind you simply that he knows. He knows you get distracted, but he's not. You lose focus, but God doesn't. We talk about that scripture a lot found in Romans chapter 8. And we know that all Things work together for the good. All right? To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Everybody know that God always keeps his promise. God always keeps his word. And God always works his promise perfectly in just the right way at just the right time I believe that God is working a plan and his plan the Bible lets me know it is good although that plan will rarely work itself out how we think it will that idea that plan God's plan sometimes don't line up with our plans. And what we see in this text is a God who not only sees and hears and knows, but also a God without distraction is working a plan that is for the good of his people. In our text, God has now burst onto the scene because of their cries, because of their hurt, because of their pain. He burst on the scene because of the hurt in his people's lives and he's beginning to act on their behalf. Listen, his plan is perfect and it works itself out at just the right time in just the right way. That's just how God works. That's how God operates. And what he's showing us after a period of time that really would rattle most of you and I here this morning. Moses has now been in the wilderness for 40 years. You know what that means? It means 40 years of our brothers and our sisters in Egypt in slavery, crying, groaning, hurt. I think this is something, 
for 40 years, they've all been together for 40 years. Some of us can't make it 40 minutes of pain, of heartache, of being upset. For 40 years, they've been in the wilderness. 40 years with their brothers. 40 years with their sisters. 40 years of crying. Yet now is the time. Now is the time for the plan that God had. For the plan to be in place. It's the beginning to, it's beginning to be executed. Now what does this tell us? What does it tell us? I think this is something to consider. What does this tell us about who God is? Not just what does God do, but who is this God that we're speaking about? I believe there are three things specifically that jumps out in the text this morning, and it helps us understand who God is. After 40 years, where was he on day one? Where was he on year one? Where was he halfway through? Text help us to understand about something that about this God that we're talking about. The first is this: God is compassionate. God is compassionate. You know what that means? He cares. He sees. He knows. He understands what his children are in need of. He understands what they're going through. How many of you in here today, we've been, uh, we worked with our children as far as sleeping in their own bed. My goodness, this was a fiery trial. Just with them sleeping with us. I'm talking about getting them to go in their own room. But what we did was, is so what was the hardest part is about because Easton's bedroom is on the complete opposite end of the house. So it's not like he wakes up in the middle of the night, just looks over and says, oh, there's mom and dad. I'm still safe. You know, no, no, no. He wakes up on the complete opposite end of the house. All right. So what we did was we'll say, hey, bud, you know, we can leave a little night light on for you. We'll light up the hallway and we will leave the light above the stove, which whoever shuts that off. Right? That's just constantly on. So we leave that light on and we leave the light above the sink on. So he has this, this, like, this, 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 uh, I mean, we could land an airplane right there. It's so lit up, especially at nighttime and stuff. For him to come and find us if he gets scared, wakes up, had a, have a bad dream, whatever. And, and, and maybe you, I'm not going to judge anybody. Maybe some adults still have a nightlight. That's perfectly fine. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't want you to get a little bit nervous this morning and feel like you need to repent because nightlights are okay. All right, I'm for nightlights. All right, it's okay. But but we have these lights that are set up. Where he's a little nervous about his room. It's dark in there, and when it's dark, you can't see what's going on, right? And in the nighttime, your mind just wanders. I mean, you may hear just a little, like, it might be your knee popping. You think somebody's coming through the window. You know, little kid. Maybe some of you don't. I don't know. All right. But I, I thought about this, and here's a good way to think about compassion. God, knowing that you have the light on, God, knowing that you have this nightlight, he's not going, hey, what's up with this, man? Why do you have the light on? Why, 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 why you don't trust me? You don't trust my hand to be upon you. God's not up there saying, hey, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac. 
Isaac and Jacob. How dare you have a nightlight? How dare you? Like, do you not think that I'm good? Do you not think I'll protect you? Do you think I'm afraid of the dark? Why do you have a nightlight? I am here and I am God. No, 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 no. The Bible lets us know that God knows what it's like to be you and I. That God knows that sometimes in life there are some things that we can be frightened by. There are some things that we can be fearful of and get scared about. And God understands that. He knows that sometimes we're lonely, but God never responds to us in anger toward us, but rather he responds with compassion that, hey, you're not alone. I know you might be afraid, and I know you might be going through something that you're a little bit fearful, but, hey, I'm with you. And we learn about God's compassion in this text are you thankful for the compassion of God Almighty that he doesn't come at you with anger thinking hey you should have trusted me but God says hey I get it but understand I still got you I still got you we learn about the compassion of God we learn also that God is attentive but attentive in the best way possible Maybe this has happened to you before. I don't know. I, I work in sales and, uh, and then through my company, they have me on salary. And now the reason they have me on salary is because when you work in sales, there's, there's no set hours, right? You're emailing eight o'clock at night. Maybe even have a phone call. Maybe some of your customers, they work, they work around the clock. So you're dealing with second shift, third shift people. No, third shift people don't call me, all right? But maybe a little bit of second shift people, all right? And, and so my, my phone might ring, I uh, get a call or text from somebody needing something or needing to know something. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll come home, but I'm not really home. I got to take this call or I got to step in the other room and I got to respond to a few emails. I just need a few minutes to get alone and and take care of some stuff and there have been times all right there have been times that I've been in my office and I'm in the zone just knocking stuff out and I usually only need again about 20 30 35 minutes and it's usually really confusing for my kids when hey dad's home but he's not really home dad's here but he's not really here and so my kids they'll come running in the office and they'll say hey dad dad they'll knock on the door hey dad dad can you can you can you and I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second and I'll say I'm working on something can you just can you just listen up for just a little bit I, I, I'm working on uh, I'm working on a little bit of things I need just a few minutes here can you just give me 30 minutes I really really have to get something done but dad can you come out and play dad can you come out and throw the ball dad can you come outside can you come in here with us just for a little minute and I know they don't understand But sometimes I just want to be like, hey, look right here. Do you do you love our house? (laughs) Do you enjoy the the roof that's over your head? Uh, Do you do you do you like the food that you're served here? Uh, Do you do you want that to continue? Okay, well, then let dad finish up. I just need about 30 minutes. I just need a few minutes. And my two boys will usually graciously give me the time that I need to wrap up some things from work. 
That happens on Saturday, studying for church. In my office, three, four hours on a Saturday, in runs Bennett about 80 different times, climbs up on my lap. I mean, how do you say no to that? It's amazing I'm able to put anything together because I love my kids so much and I want to spend time with them, but sometimes I got to kick them out of the office (laughs) because I need some time. Usually when I'm done, though, I head straight out into the other room and I hang out with the family. We'll go outside, we'll ride bikes, we'll throw the ball, we'll do all those things. Don't, Don't think I'm a bad dad and I'm neglecting my kids or anything like that, all right? But when we're talking about the attention and the attentiveness of God, what we're saying is things like that never happen. All right? Uh, When we cry out to Jesus, he immediately just turns to us and says, what do you need? What do you need? I'm here. What's up? What's going on? What do you got in your life? What's, 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 how can I help you? What's going on? You see, earthly fathers in their best forms, we're just shadows of the perfect father that's in heaven. We're just shadows. Now, if you have a great dad, he engages you and he encourages you and cuddles you and prays with you and reads stories with you and throws the ball and coaches you and does all those things he could possibly do. Hear me. He's still just a shadow of the God that you have in heaven who is a father who never says, hey, just give me 45 minutes. Hey, just give me 30 minutes. No, he's like, hey, what do you need? The God we serve has time for you. He has time for me. Hear me. You're not bothering him when you call his name. You're not bothering him when you pray. You're not bothering him when you seek his face. In fact, the Bible says, the Bible says some really wild things. It says that God wants to be bothered. Just keep asking. Ask him again and ask him again and again and again. Yes, yes, yes. If I if I tell my kids ask me one more time, it's a threat. <laughs> ask me one more time. All right, it's a threat. I'm threatening them. I'm literally saying, hey, do that again. And if you ask me again, I will never get that for you. And not only that, but there will probably be other repercussions if you continue to ask. But the God of the Bible, he says, hey, I love it when you ask me. I love it when you keep coming back to me. I love it when you approach me. And he says, keep coming, keep coming, keep asking, keep asking. Church, the God that we serve, he is attentive. His eyes are on you. And then finally, as our music comes, we see that God, he is attentive all right, he's compassionate. And finally, he is, and I know you know this, he's faithful. He's faithful. He always does what he says he'll do. Why don't we do a little bit more confessing this morning? How many of you, how many of you husbands? How many of you know it was innocent? How many of you husbands have ever broken promises to your wife? None? None? Yeah, you're supposed to raise your hands. 
Thank you. Let's all pray for Brother Bishop. Okay, how many, how many wives? It wasn't malicious. It, there was no intent. It just, you broke a promise. How many wives would be so, yeah, husbands raising wives' hands? Perfect. Okay. You promised dinner was going to be on the table at six. Hey, but things happen. You come home, dinner's not on the table. Hey, I'm sorry. Little Johnny, he threw up everywhere and I had to clean it up. I had to, hey, let's just order pizza tonight. Hey, call in a pizza. I'm sorry. You didn't, you didn't mean it. There was no intent. You didn't mean to break the promise. It just happened. You broke the promise. Those things happen. They've happened more than likely. And I know they happen because the Bible, it lets us know. It lets us know that we're all in the same boat on this one. We fail. Here's what I'm trying to prove. This is a universal experience that we as human beings will fail and will let people down. You will. You have. You are. You and I fail. Yet God, he's not like us. He always keeps his word. He's always on time. He's always attentive. He's always compassionate. His words are always true. And we see here in our text that God is faithful. We have a God who hears the cry of hurting people. We have a God who not just hears, but knows. He knows it, it, all about you. He knows everything that there is to know. So know in your heart today that we have a God who knows us and is for us. He knows what we're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going home to. And he's compassionate with you. He's attentive and he is faithful. Even when we don't deserve it, we didn't do anything to deserve this love. We didn't do anything to deserve this attention, but he opens himself up to show you that he cares and he's concerned. Even when we're not running his direction, God is running ours. He's focused on us. He's not distracted. Even when we're not faithful, he still is. And he keeps his word. And he still shows up because he knows. Would you stay with me this morning all across this place? Here's what I, here's what I want to do. There's, there's, again, he knows. There's no such thing as secrets with God. <laughs> God that's, what, that's what amazes me when people try not to be real with God and transparent and, well, no, 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 I, I'm not going to pray at the altar. I'm not going to talk to God because I got this going on. He knows. He already knows. He knows everything. You know, I don't know if you have that family member who is really terrible at hide-and-go-seek. <laughs> I know you probably have your just legit spot. Like, this is my spot that I go to every time and nobody ever finds me. But we have that wild aunt, uncle, and they're just horrible. They're hiding behind the curtain, yet they're on their knees. It's like, 
Whoa, we see you. Okay? They're the easiest to find. They're just terrible at hiding. Well, as far as God goes, that's all of us. We're the person behind the curtain on our knees thinking that we're hiding, but really God knows everything that's going on in our hearts and in our heads and everything that's going on everywhere at once. This God that we serve, he is stunning. He is God. And since he hears from us and loves to hear from us and he works all things for the good, then I thought that if just in the closing moments, what we should probably do is I want to give you just a few moments. I'm not going to open the altar. We're just going to stay right in our seats. But I want to give you the opportunity. Just a couple moments as they begin to sing here in just a moment. I just want to give you a couple moments just to talk to him. Just to talk to him. I think if I didn't give you that opportunity, I mean, it would be like somebody standing up here and, and, and giving a 25-minute lecture on chocolate cake and thinking, hey, this is everything you need to do with chocolate cake. This is every, this is every, all the ingredients. This is everything you need to do. And they would talk about it for 25 minutes. I'm like, hey, where's the cake? Let me eat the cake. I do. I don't care how many eggs goes in it. Just let me eat it. I want to give you a moment here as I've talked this morning all about how God hears us and he knows exactly what and he's inviting us. He's saying, hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I hear you. I see you. I know exactly where you're at. God knows. As they begin to play and sing, would you close your eyes in this place, lift up your voice. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.